T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mr. Fryer, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Did I say Schomburg? I meant Shom Vegas. Or since we're talking NBA, Schomburg. See what I did there? See? See? Yeah. Glad that you're hanging out on a Monday. If you're new to the show because your listening schedule is a little different because you might be working, welcome. This is what we do. We like to have a little bit of fun and do a lot of serious stuff and then have a little bit of fun and then do some serious stuff. Like a good show should. NBA All-Star. Man, I was thinking, I have not seen this guy since the All-Star game two years ago. The guy actually got to hang out with Sean Hyken. Like we were, we did TV. We were hanging out, doing stuff. The world has really changed. I don't even work at that place no more. That was crazy, man. The, the Chicago All-Star Game was amazing. Me and Kenzie K, we did a show together. We were hanging out. Sean was in the building. Everyone was happy. We had a good time. And then the last two years... A lot of things have changed. The good thing is that Sean still remembers the number, and he is nice enough to call us. He joins us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. <laughs> Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Sean Heiken does a great job of covering the NBA for Bleach Report, and he's nice enough to hang out with us. Sir, how are you doing? Lawrence, it has been too long. How are you doing, man? Man, I, I, I literally was just thinking about all of us be, I forget the name. Maybe we were at West End. I think we were at West End in, in the loop, in the West Loop. And we were all sitting there, like, eating cheese curds and talking about basketball. And Charles Oakley showed up. And 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 then since then, there's it was not me, been it was a me, lot. It was me, you. It was me, you, Casey, uh, Oakley, Haberstroh was there because he was still working for NBC at the time. That's it was right. Like, I think that I think this the segment where it was just like me, you, Casey, and Tom, and then I think like Will Purdue came on. Like that that one was like kind of more of a normal segment. But then when Charles Oakley came on, that was more like I was just I let you ask the questions. I let Casey like just kind of steer it because he covered him, and I just kind of tried to stay out of the way on that one. Well, yeah, you got to be careful with Oak because you never know when Oak is going to go all Oak. So and he didn't. He was hilarious. I had such a great time with him. If anyone hasn't checked it out, by the way. Charles Oakley has a cooking show. I know that sounds weird. What? 
Yeah, yeah. See, you didn't know this. Yeah, I didn't know about this. He legit, he legit has a cooking show on television. Apparently, he's a great chef. I did not know that. All right, well, good. I'm glad that we added to your Charles Oakley education. Um, what did you think of All Star Weekend? I, I don't know. I, I thought it was. I mean, I watched it just like everybody else watched it. Even, you know, even the years where like the All-Star Weekend isn't great, you still watch it because that's just kind of what you do. I, I got to be honest, I didn't really like pretty much any of it. <laughs> like I, there was not really, like I thought, like I thought the, uh, the skills contest, the new format was so, I think it's going to go down in history along with like, remember the year they tried to start a horse competition, but it was actually, you were playing Geico because that was the sponsor. Yes. Instead of playing horse or like the year that the dunk contest, but they were like, Hey, we're going to do teams as a dunk contest. We're going to do teams of dunkers. I feel like this format of the skill competition is kind of going to go down as one of those. Like I appreciate that they were trying stuff, but it was pretty chaotic. And the problem with the dunk contest now is just, I mean, not that there were no good dunks at this one, obviously like people are talking about it as like, this is the worst dunk contest of all time. I don't know about that because again, some of those ones, uh, like where they tried to do the team dunkers or, you know, some of the ones where there were like eight participants and none of them were, you know, did anything any, any good. Like, I think there were some worse ones, but the problem with the dunk contest now is that nobody that people really care about do it anymore. Like we used to be that like, you know, Michael Jordan would do the dunk contest or, you know, Vince Carter would do the dunk contest or like the year that Blake Griffin was a rookie and he was like the hottest thing in the league. He did the dunk contest. Like, and not to disrespect, like, the skill level of any of these guys who are doing the dunk contest, but, like, the most high-profile guy that did the dunk contest was Obi Toppin, who, yeah, I know he plays for the Knicks, which are a big market franchise, and he was a top-ten lottery pick a year ago. But, like, nobody's really, like, tuning in. Oh, man, I got to see Obi Toppin do the dunk contest. Could you imagine if, like, John Morant or Anthony Edwards was doing the dunk contest? It would be, it would be so much more exciting. It would be. And I found myself sitting there going I, – I even said it on Twitter – Zach Levine could go out there with a bad back and a sore knee and would have beat every one of those dudes. There's a good dunk contest about every five or six years. The last two good ones before this were the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon one, which I was fortunate enough to be covering in Toronto. And that was just one of the most incredible things to be there in person watching. And you could just watch like in real time. They were just like, neither of them were planning on, uh, having it go as long as it did because they both kept getting 50. So they would just be keeping like on the fly, trying new stuff to just try to outdo each other. And then the one, the, the one before that, that I think was good was the, uh, the one where Blake Griffin jumped over a car, but then DeMar DeRozan and uh, JaVale McGee both had way better dunks than him, but he won because he was jumping over a car, but like every five or six years, there's one that's really memorable. So I think we're kind of due because it's been, it's been six years now since the Gordon Levine one, so hopefully next year we get some actual names doing it. Yeah, I, I feel like the problem with Saturday night was, and I, I don't mind that it's guys that I don't know. Like, I, I, I like the idea of let me make my name by becoming a slam dunk champion or a three-point champion. The problem is execution, where there was a lot of artistry, and some of it was unnecessary artistry that went down. There was a lack of execution. Like, if you're going to do... The, the whole thing with, with Cole Anthony and the Timberlands, I'm like, look, man, first of all, you, should, you knew that you were going to do that. You should have had the Timberlands on. 
Like, it, 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 like, why are we changing shoes? Like, all of that stuff. And I, I get it. Like, bring your dad down, and he's a New York guy, and you got the Timberlands and all this stuff. Just have them on. You can point to him and be like, look, I have Timberlands on, and now I'm going to do the dunk. And, and the thing that bothered me is, like, these are all creative dunks. I'm for I'm for the creativity. But you got to know that you can do those dunks before you come out here and try them in front of 20,000 people. The nailing it on your first try is such an underrated, important part of the dunk contest. Like last year, the one where they it was kind of the weird COVID all-star uh, game in Atlanta where they did the dunk contest at halftime of the game because it was only one day. Anthony Simons from the Portland Trailblazers won the dunk contest. And I feel like half the reason he won, because Obi Toppin, I think, had the better dunks than him. But I think half the reason that Simons won the dunk contest was because he did all of his dunks and got them on the first try. And I feel like even if you're going to do something incredible and, you know, when you do get it on your second or your try, it blows people away. Like if you, if they see you miss it once, it kind of takes away the drama of like, Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, now we know what he's trying to do. Let's see if he can do I, I You, you got, you got to nail it on your first try unless it's like the most incredible thing that anybody's ever seen. I agree. All right. We're not going to continue to legislate the dunk contest. Cause I do want to just talk about the game with you. Looking from afar, like taking kind of the 30,000-foot view of the Bulls, and you used to cover this this Bulls franchise, what's it like to see them succeeding now? It's pretty cool when you consider what they've been the last, you know, basically, um, certainly since I left, but even since before that, you know, even, even those last couple of Tibbs years and the Hoiberg years when they still had, like, Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler, they were never... I feel like, and I wasn't quite in Chicago yet for the 2010-11 team, the Rose MVP year, which feels like the last time Bulls fans felt like they could really, you know, this was a team that really could challenge for something. Uh, They haven't had a team since, and they've had some good teams. They've had some teams that made runs in the playoffs. They've had some teams that won some playoff series. They haven't had a team that I feel like actually feels like they have a chance or that their fans feel like they have a chance. So that's pretty exciting for especially – now that, and I, you know, this is a couple of years old now that these changes have happened, but it's like now you have, you know, this roster, but you also have a real coach and a real front office. And so you feel like this isn't just going to be, you know, they, they're good for one year and then they make all the wrong decisions from there. Right. And, and there were people who criticized the DeMar DeRozan deal because of the amount of money. I marvel at his game. Like I'm, I marvel at it still being effective of people knowing what he's going to do and he's still able to get people with the ball fake and get them up in the air. I also love that this is a bit of an evolution. And I guess some people would say like a de-evolution. But I like that he's finding the space to be able to be a, a mid-range player and it's working. So here's why I thought the signing was going to be good right back in the summer when they did it. When there were a lot of people Uh, I guess, kind of criticizing it. Remember last season, the Bulls were kind of towards the end of the season. They were still in the mix for, you know, getting into the play-in or getting, you know, one of the playoff spots. And then with maybe a month to go before the season ended, Zach Levine comes down with COVID, and it's basically just a wrap for them because they have nobody else who can get their own shot or nobody else who you give the ball to at the end of games and can get a bucket. Just getting DeRozan, I thought at the time, that was just going to be like Zach Levine insurance, basically. I didn't, did, did I count on him having a career year at age 32. No, I didn't. And I don't think anybody else did either, but it's pretty incredible what he's been able to do this year. 
when the trade deadline happened in the Eastern Conference, what did it make you think? Did it change anything in the way that you view the conference? Well, I was fine, I think, with the Bulls not doing anything because I don't know what there really was for them to do. The name that everybody kind of kept talking about for them was Jeremy Grant. And I actually know a little bit about the Jeremy Grant situation because I'm based here in Portland now where, you know, they were one of the teams that was also linked to Jeremy Grant. So that's actually a situation I was tracking kind of closely. Detroit wanted two first rounders for him. So that was just probably never going to be something, even if it was like, you know, you trade Patrick Williams, you can debate whether or not they should have done that or whether that was a good, would be a good idea to do or not. I don't think that was really realistic. I just don't know what move. I feel like you don't make a move just to make a move like that. You know, there have been times of the deadline where teams just like felt like they had to do something just to do something. I was kind of fine with the bulls saying, let's just wait and get Lonzo ball and Alex Caruso healthy and hope that, you know, what we have so far that, uh, you know, you know, so far, even with all our injuries, we're like right near the top of the Eastern conference. Let's hope that once we get those guys back, we have enough to make a run. I was fine with that approach. It's a pretty crowded conference. There, literally, there are seven teams mm-hmm. in the conference now. One of those seven teams is going to make the – and I'm talking about Chicago, Miami, Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Boston. One of those seven teams is going to be in – We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Play in, and you could tell me any of those two teams are in the conference finals, and I wouldn't be, like, completely stunned. I agree. Talking with Sean Hyken, who covers the NBA. The the Western Conference, man, now with Chris Paul getting hurt, like, that – that that does some damage to Phoenix, and I'm still not sure, quite sure why he was out there yesterday, but whatever. Obviously, the team that you're fairly close to punted a long time ago on what their season was. How badly did the Lakers get this thing wrong to, to, have, to be in the position that they're in? Is there any way out of it for them? Well, if there was a way out for them, I think they would have uh, found a way to trade Russell Westbrook and – yeah, I, I mean, I, they had offers for first round where they would have had to give up a first round pick to do it. I think it was probably the right move not to do that. Look, this is what LeBron signed up for. As much as you know, you, you see people talking about like, oh, it sucks that this is where the way that LeBron uh, is spending the rest of his career. You know, it, that they're not doing right by him. This is what he signed up for. He kind of, it, this is all kind of his own doing. He. When he signed with the Lakers in uh, 2018, he didn't go there because he said, wow, you know, I really just believe in the vision of team building that Jeannie Buss and Rob Palinka and Magic Johnson have. I just really love what they're building. Down. He went to L.A. because he thought it would be cool to be a Laker and, you know, wear the purple and gold and have that be a part of his 
legacy and his brand. That's why he went to the Lakers. You kind of know, he kind of knew what he was signing up for. And he also, you know, his clutch, him and Rich Paul, and then, you know, the whole clutch operation have kind of been running the organization since then. They engineered the Anthony Davis trade. They uh, have signed like a bunch of different clutch guys on the roster. And, you know, he, they pushed for the Russell Westbrook trade. This is kind of all they're doing. It is. And they are seeing that it's, it's a, it's a miserable failure uh, so far. Is Dame going to stay in Portland? He hasn't given any indication that he's not. I realize that this is just a it, – it's kind of funny to me, actually, how the discourse has sort of evolved into – you know, it used to be, remember, like LeBron goes to Miami, Kevin Durant goes to the Warriors. They get killed for it because they're, quote-unquote, stacking the deck and taking the easy way out or whatever. Dame has been clear over and over again every single time he's asked about it, and he still keeps getting asked about it. But he keeps saying, you know what, I'm good. I don't want to leave. I'm not looking to leave. And people are now saying, oh, I don't know. Is this really what's best for – like, I don't know. At, at a certain point, you kind of just got to take the guy at his word. I think that it, depending – I mean, he was – first of all, he was totally on board with what they were doing this deadline where clearly it just wasn't going to happen for them this year. He had that ab uh, issue that he needed to get addressed that's been bothering him since, you know, a couple of years ago and was certainly bothering him in the Olympics and earlier in the season – he got the surgery. They're basically what they're trying to do right now is they're basically doing what the Warriors did a couple of years ago when Steph Curry broke his hand. This is the season that got shut down with COVID, where they basically told him, "Look, don't worry about coming back this year. We're going to be bad this year. Get a good draft pick, and then try to be good next year." I think that there's a chance that the Jeremy Grant thing that they talked about uh, at the deadline might happen around the draft, but either way, whether that is a specific move they make or not, they're going to go in next year and try to be good and make the playoffs. And I think as long as they're trying, which the previous general manager was so attached to CJ McCollum, maybe even more so than Dane, that he just was never even going to consider shaking things up in any real way to give them a chance to contend that as long as they're trying stuff and as long as they're, in the playoffs, I think Dame is going to stay happy. I don't think he's really looking to go anywhere. I think a lot of that, whenever you see reports about it, it's always, well, rival executives are still hoping that Dame is going to, well, yeah, of course, rival executives are hoping that that's going to happen. But every time he's been asked about it, he's been consistent. He doesn't want to go anywhere. And at this point, I see no reason not to believe him. Sean, as always, I appreciate the basketball chatter. I hope things continue to stay well for you, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon. I will hopefully see you soon. Yes, that would be a really, really good thing. That is Sean Heike of Bleacher Report. I've been thinking a lot about the, obviously, like we're all kind of in our heads about COVID and everything else that's happened over the last two years and how different like life has been. But I, I talk about this a lot. I had this streak, like the, the, this weird stretch of, Win covered the Super Bowl, came back from the Super Bowl. Wait, I forgot. Sox Fest went to the Super Bowl, came back from the Super Bowl. Then there was the NBA All-Star Game in Chicago, which was incredible. Like, the whole vibe of it was incredible. Then I went to spring training, and then the world ended. And I... It, it seems like it was just yesterday, and it also seems like it was 20 years ago. And, like, I remember being in that bar with Sean. Like, that's literally the last time I've seen Sean Hyken is there. 
and and being in Chicago as the All Star Game approached, and an All Star Game here is very different than an All Star Game in Cleveland. What's so great about Cleveland? I never heard anyone say that they're going on vacation to Cleveland. You think Cleveland is cool? But seeing how this whole city and the surrounding area, because I went to some events. There's a couple events out in the burbs. There were a couple events on the south side. I got to see Bill Russell. Like, that was crazy over at Sabina. It's time warp thing, man. It's it's loopy. But, yeah, a, a all-star event here is, even though it was cold and snowy, people didn't complain about it being cold and snowy like they did in Cleveland. By the way, I feel like, am I remembering this wrong? I feel like the Sunday of the All-Star game was like 40 degrees, 45 degrees. It was the same weather like this. Yeah, like the sun had come out and everything was all good. Super Gucci. Didn't nobody want to be in Cleveland? And some of the people that they asked to be in Cleveland, I'm like, why'd y'all do that? There was a lot of great stuff that happened over the weekend with the NBA. And there is some stuff that I was like, hmm. I'll talk about both next here on The Score. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. A six-time NBA champion and five-time league MVP, Michael Jordan. MJ gets the crowd pop last night. He's introduced last as the members of the 75th anniversary team are brought out there and celebrated. And I thought that was a very cool, like all of it is cool. Like everything surrounding the 75th anniversary, the commercial that they had at the beginning of the season with Michael B. Jordan, which is funny because you weren't going to get Michael Jordan in that thing, but you did get Michael B. Jordan driving the bus in it. I thought that was really cool. I'm a fan of Macy Gray. And last night I found out how many people have never heard Macy Gray sing. Cause she did the national anthem exactly the way that Macy Gray would do it. Is she on drugs? Probably. But that's who she's always been. I, it was so weird. Like, why is she singing like that? Why is she singing like an old lady? She's literally been singing like that since she was 20 years old. And probably before that. I try to say goodbye and not choke. Try to walk away and not stumble. I love me some Macy Gray. I wish she remixed it. Like, after the National Anthem, she just did I Try. That would have been dope. I love that she was just like, I'm done with the song, so I'm just going to walk away now. I enjoyed that. It's a little too much Usher in last night's night for me. And I get that he's from the area. So, you know, you know, he's, he's their version of common. It's fine. He loves the NBA. He's part owner, right? Is he still part owner of the Cavs? Part owner of the Cavs. Yeah. They, they need to start being careful. The NBA has to start getting a little careful with that because you had usher out there. Who's part owner. And I know that's probably more 
in name than actual like the goings on of the Cavaliers. You also had Dwayne Wade on on the broadcast yesterday, and Reggie like was like, "Yeah, of course you're you're talking about Rudy Gay, Mister Owner." Got to be careful. I also didn't think that it made sense for Dwayne to be out there since he couldn't talk. Had the scratchy voice. I'm sure he was having a good time. He's not good in that role. I shouldn't say that. He's not as good in that role as he is in other roles. I think that when if you're going to put a piece together and it's like scripted, I think he's really good at it. The stuff that he's been doing with his game show, I don't like him in that role. I, I tuned into the... I flipped back and forth between the two broadcasts. I've, I'm finding that I am someone who enjoys a more traditional broadcast. Like, I don't dig the Manning cast as much as people other people do. You know why I don't, Brandon? Why? Because I'm shocked right now. There's not enough of them. I like the Manning cast when it's Peyton and Eli. Their vibe, their interaction, them breaking down the game. When they bring in guests, depending on the connection, depending on whether that person wants to play, they had some that I thought were good. I thought Gronk was really kind of insightful and fun. But it's not always that way. And and Peyton is still a little clunky kind of getting to, well, Kevin Hart, tell us about Kevin Hart Radio on Sirius X. Like, he's still a little clunky it would be better if they were in the same room these are grown men they have different lives they're not in the same place so i get that but i'm just like just give me their i just need the regular one unless there's something earth-shattering happening the draymond interviews they were they were okay a little bit off because they was both talking at the same time so it was kind of a little tacky but i mean all the players look like they went to draymond right and draymond is the same to me as Dwayne wade I think that Dwayne Wade in studio is really good. Him out there on the floor, not so much. I didn't, I already had the four voices that I trust on basketball in a room watching the game. I had Kenny and Ernie and Chuck and Shaq. I didn't need anyone else. And Draymond, Draymond is for the play play when he's initiating the play play. He's not here for the play-play when he's not initiating the play-play. When they're making fun of him, doesn't like it at all. But and that's it what comes you across. Like. You got to like that part, though, because they used to do that with Shaq early. Yes, and if the guys are in studio, it's easier. With him being isolated from them, it feel, it's got a different feel to it. I would have rather that the alternative would have been the other studio crew. The other part for me is Kevin Harlan's just great. He's my favorite play-by-play guy. So there's no reason for me to not watch him, like, in his bag. All right, so what else? So I like Macy Gray. Some people who don't know who Macy Gray is and have him just go listen to any of her records. It's exactly what the national anthem was. The Khaled thing, man. Why'd you make that face? I am so tired of Khaled. I'm just, it's its just too much. Just Khaled always. It's just, I don't like the gimmick. I don't like, this is too much. I can't. Beetle, Michelle Beetle had said on Twitter, and I was thinking the exact same thing. She said, 
who exactly told him that he would never perform at the NBA All-Star Game? She's like, that's very specific. And she's right. She's 100% right. When he was up there like, they never said that I would be able to perform at the NBA All-Star Game. I was like, who told you that? He said three times, too. This is my third time doing this. Right. Who told you that? You already did it like two other times. Who else is telling you something? That's like the made-up chip on your shoulder. And and Khaled is all about positivity and bringing other people along, and I think that he's found some peace. But it, I was like, I looked at my watch. I was like, is it 2010? What's happening here? His catalog is not old enough for it to be nostalgic yet so it comes off as kind of lame even though some of my favorite performers there i love mary j blige luda is an underrated rapper and he's a great performer and a really good actor forget about the fast and furious stuff that's not that's not where luda shines as an actor because no one shines as an actor in the fast and furious series but the stuff that he did on law and order and in the movie crash Dude can act. So it wasn't even that I didn't like, and I I love Lil Wayne, but I'm like, are we out here doing the Carter three? Like what is happening right now? And they're like, and here's Lil Wayne. I was like, "Mm, we don't need to do that. You got your your girl Mary out there. I love Mary. And it was happy Mary. Because Dre wasn't in charge of what the music was going to be. They could have done just a Mary show and I would have been happy. Little Earth, Wind, and Fire. Sure. But it was like, when I saw the commercial where LeBron is talking to LeBron, like old LeBron is talking to young LeBron, I felt like they had put together a halftime show for young LeBron. And I'm like, we're not far enough away from young LeBron that is classic yet. So there's that. Now let's talk about the celebrity game. Celebrity game I thought was really fun. Why? Because no one wants to guard Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett and the dude from the Olympics is just out here dunking on people. The fact that we're getting dunks in the celebrity game, I'm cool with that. I'm good with all of that. I didn't know half of the celebrities. I got to be honest. That means you're getting old. The Peloton trainer. I was like, who? They got a, a spokesman for that on TV? I didn't know that. I, Peloton trainers inside that world become very popular. He was balling, though. He did. He was MVP. It, the celebrity game kind of reached its apex, though, when it was the Kevin Hart. Like Kevin Hart was out there, like, clowning, having fun, keeping everyone involved, that sort of thing. But it was fine. Saturday night to me. I enjoyed the three-point contest thoroughly. I thought it was a lot of fun, even though Zach was gone. And I looked up, and Zach Levine was out of it. I was like, oh, all right. I wish I would have bet on Carl Anthony Towns because I felt like he was going to win it. And I wish I would have just gone to FanDuel and just done it. Did you hear all the talk? He was he was pretty much saying it all pregame, that I'm going to win this. I'm confident. I've been shooting 40%. I'm confident. He's having a great season statistically. The the Timberwolves are like in the mix in the Western Conference this year for playoffs. And he looked like 
I thought that out of everyone that was participating in in Saturday night, the two people who looked like they wanted to be there were Carl Anthony Towns and Giannis. Giannis and his brothers out there with the skills competition. I was like, this is kind of hilarious. It's like, oh, we'll put together a rookie team, and then what we'll do is we'll get a team from Cleveland because there's some all-stars, and it's in Cleveland. And for the third team, Giannis and his brothers. But they looked like they wanted to be there. And Cat put on a show, man. He's out here representing for the big men. The dunk contest. Mm. I don't think that you have to eliminate the dunk contest. I do think that you maybe want to tweak it. And I think there are ways to do it. I've been an advocate of this. There's so many dunkers out there that aren't NBA players. Bring a couple of them to the dunk contest. Have them dunk against the pros. What's the guy's name? Is it Michael Kill Kilgallen? Kill Kilgannon? Right, it's Joe Kilgallen, the comedian, and Michael Kilgannon. The dunker, I think I got that right, but I could totally be wrong. Bring some people out there and have a bracket. Make it eight dunkers. One non-NBA players, one NBA players. Then they meet in the final. The winner of each side meets in the finals. Now, I know that some of these dudes that are doing dunks on the internet are taking 100,000 trillion takes. But the best ones that show you they could actually do it, let them come to All-Star Weekend and show it. How about moving it, too? Like, moving it before the skills competitions, kind of like amping up the crowd, maybe, even I don't, if it I works don't, or not? I don't care where it's put in the night. Like, I was pot committed to watching NBA All-Star Saturday night, so it doesn't matter if the, the three-point is ahead of the dunk or the dunk is... But it would... What I will say about that, though, Brandon, is... The league has gone to shooting more three-pointers, so maybe the interest might be reversed right now. Obi Toppin's last dunk I thought was incredible, but we had to sift through a lot of sewage to get to that last dunk. And Toscano, those shoes were fire. With the Mexican flag, man. Jalen Green was taken forever. Can't have that. Like, you cannot have that. And I got mad at Obi Toppin because I'm just sitting there going, just do a regular dunk, fam. Like, literally just go and do a reverse. You only need 40 points. You don't have to do anything crazy. Just do that. That would be my strategy. Jordan Kilgannon, thank you very much, uh, texters. Jordan Kilgannon is the, the dunker. I think that these guys think too long and hard about get the first dunk off, period. Do something that you know you can do that is enough to get you on the board. Instead of like, I'm going to bring this guy out from the crowd. And he can't. We've never practiced this thing where I throw it off the side of the backboard and then catch it. But I'm going to go out here and do it. No, just get your first dunk off. And then do something. I would love to have a conversation with Zach Levine about preparing for the dunk contest. 
and like how seriously he took it or whether he was just like, I'm going to try this. But the level of execution, that's what the issue is. The issue isn't that these guys aren't stars. Zach Levine wasn't a star. Aaron Gordon's not a star in this league. It's the level of execution. So if they got the dunks right, we'd be like, oh, that's awesome. And it would have been a fine dunk contest. But you, there needs to be a, a, a higher bar. Like, the folks that run the All-Star game need to be like, I'm going to need to see that dunk that you're planning on doing. Because I need to see if you can actually do it. And perhaps they could use some advisors. I appreciate them giving DAP, like going up and seeing Dr. J, giving DAP, seeing Neek, giving DAP. Cool. Those guys weren't out here for eight hours trying dunks that they couldn't do. They were just doing them. And then Steph, man, goodness gracious. When they started pulling up, you're like, oh, there's literally an NBA logo that I can pull up from and shoot threes. And then Steph was like, watch this. Y'all out here playing. Watch this. And this bombs away. That guy is amazing. The stuff he was doing, it's crazy. The fact that they took it, obviously they always take it serious in the fourth a little bit. But then I saw LaMelo Ball, like, guarding him like crazy so he don't get the record. And they just stayed on him the whole time. They would not let him get the record on. They was like, forget this. You're not, you're not doing this on us. How about Steph asking, hey, how many more I need for the record? And then finding out that Clay had the record? Man, my favorite picture of the night, there was a picture. It's going around on Twitter. You can see it. Bill Murray is standing next to a Madra shot. And Ahmad Rashad is, like, older than Bill Murray. But you wouldn't, if you looked at the two of them, you'd be like, huh. Yeah. Black don't crack. Yep. Look at Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton looked like he is in his 40s. That man is in his 70s. You think I'm lying? Go look up a picture of Leonard Hamilton, the head coach of Florida State. It's the same thing. Amara Rashad's was 72 years old. Man, you must be using that shea butter. Just saying. I want to talk baseball and softball next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. By the way, I just got a, t- a voice text message from Grody. He had a Macy Gray take. It was hilarious because he kept thinking about Macy Gray in training day. Anyway, I told you on Friday that one of the ways that I was going to try to satiate my baseball thing, baseball in negotiations, and they did meet today and they are supposed to meet every day this week, was with college baseball and college softball, and I stood by it. I watched a lot of college baseball and college softball this weekend. And I would suggest until there is Major League Baseball that you think about adding some of it to your own viewing. The softball game last night between Florida State and UCLA was amazing. It had 
College World Series energy to it, which is strange because it's the beginning of the season. But these are two top 10 teams that were playing against each other. And it was dope. By the way, if you needed another reason to watch, Tom Brady's niece plays for UCLA. She's one of the best players in the country. Maya Brady, I believe her name is. The picture's going to shock you, Brandon, when you look it up. Anyway, the Andre Dawson Classic was on this weekend, too. So I got a chance to watch FAMU versus Alabama State. Watched those two teams play and ran into... Yeah, you see the picture now, and you're like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. That's his niece. So... I got to run. I ran into a Jerry Manuel interview inside of watching college baseball. It was fantastic. All I'm saying is that you got a little bit of extra time on your hands. The Bulls don't play until Thursday night. Seek out some high level college softball and some college baseball. Trust me, it will have you feeling good feelings about the game. I'll talk with Parkinson Spiegel next here on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 